Hi, and welcome to the Talking Dirty Business podcast. I'm Margot Prebenda. And I'm Sabina Husseini. We started this podcast with the desire to spill the tea on corporations and all the environmental, social, and governance issues they have. Our episodes are here to help people make more informed decisions, increase public awareness, and just vent on societal issues that blow our minds. Please note that any opinions expressed in this podcast are our own and do not reflect the opinions of any company or organization. And all of our research is based on publicly available information. We're here to direct your attention to certain issues that you may not have thought about before. On today's episode, we will discuss the very pertinent case of 28-year-old Olympic runner Castor Semenya. Semenya is a South African athlete who gained worldwide recognition in 2009 when she won the gold medal in the women's 800-meter event at the World Championships. Her outstanding performance marked the beginning of her years-long battle against the ruling sports body, International Association of Athletics Federation. After her win... The IAF required the athlete to undergo intrusive genetic tests, and while the results were initially kept secret, Castor is now rumored or stated to have a difference in sex development, which can lead to higher levels of testosterone. Castor has been fighting her case to compete internationally, and in May 2019 lost the battle when the IAF stated that she would have to take medication to reduce her levels of testosterone if she wants to keep running the 400 to a mile on the international 400 meter to a mile on the international stage. So a mile is about 1.6 kilometers. So the 400 and the 800 meters she cannot compete unless she takes this medication. So the case is really quite convoluted, and to help us decipher and understand it better, we have international human rights lawyer with us, Kaleche Kialo, who is joining us on the podcast as our expert. Kaleche will take us through the case and its details, and hopefully we can clear up some of, some of the much contested points on the internet, because it really seems like this is one of those very complicated cases where everyone and their mother and their dog seems to have an opinion on. So, Kareche, again, thank you so much for being here. Um, We're going to start by asking you to tell us a little bit about the case and how you've seen it evolve on the international stage and um, kind of take us, lead us from there. Thanks, Sabina Mago, for inviting me. Uh, Let's see how expert I am on the issue. Um, So, I guess from what I know is that... uh, the IAAF had first done regulations in 2015 called the hyperandrogenism regulations, which um, an Indian athlete called Dati Chand actually um, contested at the Court of Arbitration for Sport and was able to get an award and the regulations were struck down. And so IAAF went back to the drawing board and came up with these new regulations, the differences in sex development regulations that then would, in essence, put um, Casta Semenya not to, uh, sorry, affected Casta Semenya. And so she would not be able to compete in several competitions, athletic competitions. So in short, the regulations, I think, say um, that if you have um, testosterone levels, testosterone being um, the chemical, what's Mm -hmm. testosterone? Yeah, like, yeah, chemical in your body, um, 
that gives you hormone yes (laughs) okay so testosterone is the hormone in your body that actually gives you like muscle strength and um activity so men have more testosterone than women and that's why also sport is divided again between men and women so because of high testosterone levels which apparently Casta Semenya has um that exceed five nanomoles per liter I don't know how they came up with that definition. So since her testosterone levels are above five nanomoles per liter, she's supposed to take steps to reduce the testosterone levels, then be able to compete in the 400 to a mile um, competitions, uh, racing events. Um, So at that point, uh, the Athletics Association of South Africa, I have a feeling I've mentioned it badly, but like the national um, Athletics Federation in South Africa, together with Casta Semenya, then um, filed an arbitral case at the Court of Arbitration for Sport, which is the international court for any sporting dispute. Yeah, it's like a dispute resolution for any sporting things. Um, and then uh, the court looked through the evidence provided and decided that, yes, the regulations are actually on the face of it discriminatory. But then um, they said that it would be unfair. It would be, I'm trying to get the exact words, and they used a very interesting term. Um, It would be, it's proportional and necessary to, to discriminate against women who have higher testosterone levels. In essence, like I'm just paraphrasing, it would be proportional and necessary to discriminate against women who have higher testosterone levels so as to ensure um, fair competition amongst female athletes, which is like super problematic because then, I mean, why are we surveilling women's bodies and why should we keep on constantly being like, we need to look at women, we need to look at women, women need to be, we need to bring some women down so that other women prosper. I mean, yes, that's, that's wrong. So that's like the long and short of it. That's really interesting. And I'm wondering, I think you mentioned that there's this, this limit that's um, five, what is it? Nanomoles, five nanomoles of testosterone. And you mentioned that you don't know where they came up with that. And I think that's a huge part of the discrimination. I mean, what, who decided what is that limit? I can see how they can come up with a range of what's average for most men and for most women and and see the difference. But to draw the line at a certain amount, this is where it's fascinating because it's this is a scientific issue and a human rights issue. And it's very complicated, but I I really wonder how they can how they can draw that line because Castor was it identifies as a female and was born as a female. So it's really, it's really difficult to, to say just because her testosterone level, I mean, this, it's not like she took drugs to change her testosterone level. This is the way she's not, she naturally is. So who are, who is anyone else to come and say, uh, that her levels are not appropriate for her gender. It's really an intense thing that this court is, is saying now. And on that same note, what's very interesting is that male athletes, for example, the runner, um, I always think it's a runner, the swimmer, uh, Michael Phelps, he has naturally low lactic acid, which allows him to not feel as much pain as other athletes when he swims. 
What happened to him? Was he asked to take medication to increase the lactic acid in his body? No, he was just he was just told that he's very lucky and he's born to do this. So why are people who are just naturally better to run or to compete or to swim or to play basketball? For example, Michael Jordan is six foot seven. Am I a five foot four woman supposed to be mad that he's six foot seven and they should be shorter in order for all of us to have the same, the same uh, chance? But it's not even about the same chance because this again goes back to the human rights. Why should we say that Castor Semenya cannot compete but then other women can compete. And just like on that point, I guess being an elite athlete, there are many other factors that also contribute to your elitism. I mean, it could be your training, your coaching and all of that. And provided that you're not doping, which is what a lot of athletic um, federations are against, you should be able to compete, however. And if it's your genetic makeup that you're more um, successful, then you shouldn't be put down for it. Because like you said, Michael Phelps has like, and even they did us thingy of his wingspan his long feet like he has advantage for him to make him a good swimmer so if caster's advantage is a bit higher testosterone than your average woman and which i might be wrong but a higher level of testosterone that's well good for her it's good that she has higher testosterone and that's what makes her excel so much and even i was reading an article of um this runner he's jamaican bolt Hussein Bolt, I think so, yeah. I think it was Usain Bolt. And he was saying, he was talking about, uh, he runs 200 meters or 400 meters. Like there's a specific event he runs and excels at. I mean, he's like the world champion and holds the world record in that sport. And he says, I can't run another different sport because I'd even be defeated by women who run in that category. Like I could pull up for you the article I was reading and you can put it in your notes. But yeah, I was like, of course. So that means you've perfected the skill and the art of doing one thing. And so you're extremely good at it. And anything else, you're like, no, I wouldn't be able to excel in that as much as I excel in this. So it's like such things. And that's because of his training, his coaching, his diet, and all those other things. And he's not doping. So if he says that he's able to excel at this one category more than the other, then let people be. Yeah. And I also read that there's, I mean, there's so many examples of this where there's a natural condition that people have that gives them this advantage. There was another example of for runners having increased red blood cells, which allows them to carry more oxygen in their body. And that's natural. So those people haven't been told they can't w receive their medals. And there are so many other issues with this because the, the resolution is saying, if I understand correctly, that they, she has to actually take drugs to reduce her testosterone. So that, in, in a sense, is like doping. It's like w they're telling her to take drugs to be able to comply. That doesn't make any sense. It seems contradictory, and it seems like that would raise more issues. And in addition to the contradiction of trying to make Castor take drugs, which also, by the way, They've said that these drugs could have side effects that could affect her in different ways than just reducing her testosterone. So it's really unfair to make her take drugs, aside from the whole the the fact that it doesn't it seems to contradict the anti-doping laws. But the other interesting thing about this ruling is that it's happening in the middle of her career. So when she was competing in 2009 and won the gold medal, 
there was no question that she was complying with the laws. She was treated as though this was a legitimate thing, and no one doubted that she was fairly competing. And now, all of a sudden, because she's so successful, everyone is scrutinizing her, and it's completely uprooting her entire career, and it's also undermining her legitimacy and her credibility in the past. So it's one thing if you know, they came with a new law that applied to new runners and going forward, they were going to implement this. But in this case, because she's been fairly competing with women for so long, it's ridiculous and really unfair to her to suddenly out of nowhere, because she had been doing so well, uh, you know, create this law that's effectively making her invalid and I mean, even psychologically, think about the impact this is having on her. Even if they were to allow her to keep competing, this case is devastating, not only to her livelihood, to her career, but her personal, I mean, her confidence, her identity. It's its really upsetting. Um, Just to quickly respond to about taking drugs. Yeah, so they, the regulations also give like... A number of steps that can be taken one of them including taking drugs and this is like oral contraception and yes even as women and when you take contraceptives there are like so many side effects let alone if you're taking contraception to reduce your testosterone levels i don't even know what that would mean to your body and honestly that's just like a bitch to your right to privacy a right to dignity right to bodily integrity like She's being poked and prodded and done for all these things in the public eye, never mind, like the whole world is speaking about her. Everyone is speculating about who she is or what she has or, you know, such things. So imagine going through all this public scrutiny, then having to go now to hospital and take contraception that you don't know what the effects would be. And also, I think um, I was reading somewhere that another option would be to like get a surgery. So... The Court of Arbitration for Sport and IAAF say that that's not one of the things that they recommend. They just say that this would be a quick fix and she'd just need to take oral contraceptives and everything would be fine and she would be compliant and the, her testosterone levels would be reduced. But it could be a possibility that then she might be asked to undergo a surgery because differences in sex development also mean that, you know, you're you're atypical. You're not typically male or typically female. So if it means... Um, gonadectomy or clitoridectomy like they they operate on your reproductive organs yeah genital area to then reduce the effect of testosterone you know like such things are some of the options that are being presented though they say that surgery is not the option it would be oral contraception but yes the side effects are crazy so wow there's just so much to talk about on this case because you don't know where to start and you don't know where to stop. I'm going to talk a little bit. I'm going to make little comments on the side of what you were both saying. So Margot, for me, no matter what, if she was compliant for regulations when she was actually competing, then good for her. She can run and that is her gold medal or, or that is the, the record that she set and that's it. Going back to the idea of um, the science on this, an amazing article that everyone should read if they're listening to this episode is called, um, it's on theconversation.com and it says, it's called 10 Ethical Flaws in the Caster Semenya Decision. One of the 10 ethical flaws 
is the issue of the inadequate science. And this is when we're talking about testosterone levels. And this goes back to the five nanomole per liter. How do we know that Castor Semenya's testosterone receptors will be exactly to five nanomole per liter if she takes these drugs? Is there any drugs that have been done to reduce testosterone levels before that for sure tell you that, okay, now that you're taking these drugs, you're going to have the same testosterone levels or in the same field as other women competing? We don't know that if she takes these drugs, the, they're going to they're gonna have the same receptor, the same side effects. Maybe it'll just have a side effect and then it won't actually do anything to reduce her testosterone levels. It won't do anything actually to affect her performance because it might have not been the testosterone to begin with that affected the performance. If it did help, great. If not, who knows? And um, for me, what's very, very interesting is that because when you have DSD, when you have a difference in sex development, the receptors aren't responding in the usual way. So these drugs aren't necessarily going to achieve the level hormonal playing field. I just want to add, I think, I don't really think we addressed what it means to have a difference in sex development. And uh, from what I understand, uh, that means that, so typically females have XX chromosomes and males have XY chromosomes. And there are certain cases where a female can have an XY chromosome and still be a female and be born as a female with female genitalia. And that is what uh, they're considering is the case with a caster. Um, so that's the difference. It's, it has to do with the, the chromosomes. But as Sabino was saying, there there's we have so little knowledge about how that actually affects the body. And it's so hard to make a judgment about the impact of the of the hormones and the cha those changes. I mean, this is the way she was born. So it, again, it goes back to the fact that who are we to judge what, you know, what her body is and what it should be. I think it's, it's crazy. I, I get the idea, like to play devil's advocate, it makes sense that we want um, competitions to be fair. And there's been a lot of, it's really difficult to make sure that it's, you know, competitions are fair. But in this case, it's not about, altering your body and taking drugs. And that's why for me, it's, it shouldn't be that complex because it's like, she didn't do anything to change the way she is. And if this is the way she was born, then that's the way she naturally is. And she should be able to compete naturally. It just doesn't make sense to have to change herself in order to be able to compete fairly. That seems ridiculous. Um, yeah, I agree. It's like ridiculous that you have to change who you are so that you're able to compete fairly. And also that just brings us back to like the human rights principles. It's non-discrimination, it's equality, that you're discriminating against her because she's supposedly different. And I say supposedly different because probably I don't know if I have XY chromosome. I mean, I've never done like a, uh, what are they called? Um, a test. I mean, we could be walking. I'm not trying to simpl oversimplify the issue, but who knows, like we could be walking in bodies that we're like, yeah, I'm female, but there's something, there's a glitch some, somewhere. And it's only when you start doing something, then you're like, oh, I'm actually this way or that way. You know, so it's only why? It's only out. because she's doing so well that then they've had to investigate and find out that, you, you know? Yeah. And I don't, I don't know how many women around the world are walking around and they don't know what their genetic makeup is. I for sure don't know what my genetic makeup is, but I identify as female, was born as female, and that's just how it is. I consider myself a woman. Um, then secondly, just in terms of 
your right to dignity and privacy, like I was saying before, honestly, it's just so sad that she's going through all this public scrutiny. I don't even know what it would feel that she was scrutinized this much, that whatever her results have been, I think, I don't think her results are public about her genetic makeup, but the speculation about the results of her genetic makeup, that's like so disturbing. Thirdly, um, this is, this is her livelihood. It's her right to work. So we'll be telling someone somewhere that, oh yeah, you know what, you don't deserve this computer or you don't deserve this, like the tools that make you earn a living. We're literally taking her whole livelihood. Like this is what she's done as an adult and has put food on the table and given her an income. When you're telling her that she won't be able to compete in international events, what does that mean? When you tra when you say that um, she won't, any of her accomplishments, if she does not conform or meet the standards that have been set in the regulations, none of her accomplishments will be considered in the international fora. Or telling her, worse yet, that she might need to compete with men in international events so that she's able to compete fairly. I mean, that's, that's her whole life, that's her work, that's her livelihood. So you're literally snatching everything she has built, all her life's investment, to nothing like yeah sorry all you need to do now is retire and start doing something else what do you start doing i don't know farming come on no honestly yeah. it's her livelihood yeah, yeah. yeah. and yeah. yeah it's very devastating like if someone came right now and told me that oh yeah sorry you're not going to work and i'm like what why like this is all i've done all my life and then suddenly i can't work because of abcd that's crazy and then so the most amusing thing is that out, after outlining those are just like three or four human rights standards that actually apply to this case the IAAF in its press release just a couple of I think weeks or days ago releases a press statement and says that it's not bound by international human rights because it's a private private contractual organization and so um, human rights norms and standards by the Universal Declaration for Human Rights or the European Commission for Human Rights do not apply to them and that's just insane. And I just want to point out how ironic that is because it's a universal declaration of human rights. And this body uh, governing athletics is saying they don't fall under a universal declaration, which, I mean, it's, it's such a contradiction. I can't even believe that they have the audacity to put that in writing. Yeah, also, never mind. That um, universal, universality of human rights means everything, everyone. And even if they say that then they're not a state and are not bound by the Universal Declaration for Human Rights, at least they're bound to respect human rights under the, the business principles. So come on, guys, you need to do better. Agreed. Thank you, everyone, for listening to this episode. Uh, the case of Kasser Semenya is so complicated, but the most important issues are those of human rights. We discussed a lot today. Uh, there's a lot more on the internet. There's a lot more talked about from trolls in the comments. But what I really, really think that we should come away from, from this episode and, and the case in general is that no one should be subjected to such public poking and prodding and let alone not being allowed to work, to compete and to have a right to their livelihood and to be discriminated in this way. And a huge thank you again to Kaleche Kialo, who is a human rights lawyer that was kind enough to join us today and share 
some of her perspective on this controversial issue, including why it's so discriminatory from a human rights perspective, in addition to what Sabina just said, also pointing out the fact that this is Castor's natural body, and who is anyone else to tell her that she has to change it in order to conform to some standards that have been created based on imprecise science of the human body. We hope you've enjoyed learning more about this complex and fascinating issue, and please tune in again for our next episode in a couple weeks.